You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. This morning, I'd love to take the opportunity uh, to give these incredible friends of mine an opportunity to share their story and ask them some questions around relationships in regards to today focusing in on future. And how many know all of us have a future? All of us have a future in God. And when it comes to relationships, when we understand that the relationships we grow deeper in are only going to get better because of who God is and what He's designed our lives to do, then there is hope for a better tomorrow. And maybe you're here, I want to premise this this morning, and you find yourself in a place where you don't feel like you're succeeding in certain areas of relationship in your life. My heart, our heart, would be that through the vulnerability and through the testimony of what God has done, is doing, and will do, will unlock something in all of us here this morning to realize that God is a good God. As His Word declares, He's faithful to every generation. And I know you're going to be blessed this morning. Next week, we've got Pastor Sai and a panel out here focusing in on family. And then the following week, we've got Pastor Scott and a panel focusing in on friends. But today, we're going to focus in on the future. So we've got Mel Teltelanoa, Bron Ferguson, and Marty Ingshu. So why don't we put our hands together for all of these guys and girls. So good to have you all here. Mel, maybe you kick us off and just let us know a little bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Mel, obviously, like Luke said. Um, I'm married to an amazing guy. A lot of you know Mike T. Um, he's incredible. We've been married a couple of years. Um, I've got five children and I've got one grandson who's three years old. Uh, Mike and I have been a part of life for many years and love serving here. We run a group which we absolutely love, just have a heart and a desire to see people get really connected in to the local church. Yeah. Awesome. Bron, who are you? Hi, I'm Bron Ferguson, married to John. Most of you know John, that's it. I was born here in New Zealand, married John, and for the first 30 years of married life, we lived in England, where he was a farmer, and uh, we then took to the mission field. Um, and I've been back here in New Zealand 12 years and, and been at life for all those 12 years. Love it here. Awesome. And Marty? I'm Marty Ingshu, and I am married, have two children. Um, some of you may know my wife. She worship leads here most Sundays. Um, I have a son. He's nine years old, and my daughter is eight. Uh, my wife and I also have the privilege of overseeing our young adults ministry here at South, uh, which we love. Awesome. A little bit early in the morning for the young adults. They'll be here at the six o'clock service, I'm sure. How many know young adults are nocturnal creatures? Come out at night. Uh, awesome. So we are talking about relationships, talking about, I guess, for us here focusing in on future, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your journeys, uh, but in relation to some specifics, because I believe that, you know, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, simply put, by what Jesus did on the cross, and by the word, the power of our testimony. And I believe that any one of us sitting here today is not exempt from what God has in the future. But for some of us, we may be in a place, like I said, where it's a challenging time. Or some of us may be in a place where we feel like all is going well. But I'm a firm believer that as we believe in God for more, we receive more. Not just because of who He is, but because of what we do to apply our lives. And so I'm going to throw it to you, Mel, first. And I guess... You've been, you said you've been married to Mike for a couple of years, but then you also said you've got five children and a grandchild. So 
I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen in a couple of years' time. So um, <laughs> maybe elaborate on your story a little bit, and then we can go from there. We serve a God of uh, many miracles. <laughs> yeah, no, as Luke mentioned, the maths does not quite add up, and that would be right. Um, you know, I... I was married. I had a child when I was really young, when I was a teenager, and got married. Um, it was, yeah, uh, kind of a shotgun wedding, I guess you could refer to it. But uh, needless to say, that did not last. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, but uh, just through choice and decisions um, that I made and, and life circumstances, I made a really deliberate choice to turn my back on that marriage and to walk away from that. And so I found myself uh, in my really early 20s with two young girls. And to add to that already, you know, um, I struggled in that time. I decided that that would be a good time to turn my back on God and do things in my own strength and walk in my own path. And that led to another disastrous relationship um, that led to a marriage that was really difficult. Um, I had another two children. And, you know, the thing is when um, you walk through the valley and you make, you sin, there is always consequence to sin. But, you know, I love that God can always use that to turn that to for his glory. And um, thank goodness I... I came to a point, I guess, in that in that second marriage when I just I got to the end of myself, and because through that time I just turned my turned back to God, and it was just in that time allowing Him to work in and through me, and realizing that I actually had a hope and I had a future in Him, and it gave me the strength that I needed to be able to actually start to see my way out of that situation into, you know, fast forward to where I am now, where I have five incredible children and an amazing husband. And and God's just added to that incredible friends and people that believe in me that um, can help to carry me through to the purpose that he has for my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And so obviously you realised... Uh, maybe there's people here today that find themselves in the spot you were where you realized you ended up being where you didn't want to be. Uh, well, this isn't what I planned for myself. And now, retrospectively, you're in a, a great place in God. You're on the journey with God. Uh, was there key scriptures? Obviously, you talked about these key relationships and friendships around you that helped build into your future. But, uh, you know, I, I've come to discover we need people and obviously we need God in our lives. But that can mean many things to many people, but was there key scriptures you held on to or helped navigate you through that time? Yeah, definitely. Um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which many of you will be familiar with, but there will definitely be people here where that will be something new to them, and I encourage you to read it and to allow it to um, really sink from here, from your head to your heart, from what you know to what you actually understand, because it was in... Reading that scripture and many other scriptures, but that is definitely one that stands out for me, that I began to believe that God could actually use me because the world tried to dictate another outcome for my life. But thank goodness that I serve a God that saw something greater. And once I took my eyes off my situation and started to lift my eyes to him, I could start to actually believe in that journey and that and that purpose for me day by day. And 
you know, trust me, my life is an absolute testament of God's grace and that there really, truly, there is hope for me. There is absolutely hope for you. Yeah. Awesome. Bron, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, um, like you said, you've lived in many different countries, done a lot of life, seen incredible things take place. You're an amazing woman of God who just has a lot of time for people and seen plenty of things. But I'm going to ask a question that I think everyone would love to know the answer of because you've been married for 41 years now, which is a long time. That is longer than I've been alive <laughs> and some. Uh, so I'm only, I'm only seven, eight years into this journey myself, but maybe let's ask a marriage question. We're talking about future. What does to work at marriage mean? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's, it's something that was always thrown at me growing up, that you had to work at marriage, you know, you had to work at it. But I didn't know what it meant. And so when we got married, um, we weren't Christians, and um, we were pretty volatile. <laughs> and the first time we had a, a, an argument, I threw something, oh, by the way, I got married and in England, so I'm now in England, and I don't know my way around, so... The first time we have an argument, I throw everything on the floor and flounce out the door, you know, the big drama, and got in the car and drove down the road, and I thought, oh, help, I don't know where to go. <laughs> so I was running out on the argument, you know. Um, but what I've learned over the years is you've got, to, uh, you've got to talk through the things that are upsetting you, the things that cause road bumps in your marriage. Talk about them. And if you have to leave the room and get your emotions under control, come back and talk about things rationally, do it. But, but talk about it and talk it through. See where you can find the, you know, the middle ground and just work on that together. Um, you're in it together. You know? you're, not, you're not picking your battles. You're not, you're not opposing each other. You're, you're together in this. So talk about it, talk it through, and you find that most things can be resolved. That argument we had that I flounced out the door, didn't know how to get home. <laughs> I can't tell you what that argument was about. I've got no idea. It just shows you how stupid we are when we, <laughs> when we let our emotions just take over. Yeah. So arguments are okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying... Hey, Missy. Hey, Missy. <laughs> uh, maybe I can ask this. Do, do the arguments go away? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they do, actually, because you discover that, actually, uh, we love living together. We love doing life together. So what are we arguing about, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Good to know. There's hope for us all. <laughs> or maybe just me. No. <laughs> Marty, maybe... Uh, Throwing it to you, changing track a little bit. I, I, I'd love for you to, where you feel you can, share your story. Uh, if you don't know Marty's story, it's a pretty powerful one, and he's done a live TV episode, and it's, it's pretty impactful. But I'd love for him to share a little bit of his story to set up some of these questions, because many of us go through life, and um, if, if we're all honest, we'd love the perfect life. Um, We'd all love to succeed in life and everything that we do. Uh, that's just who we are, and that's not a wrong thing. But how many know we live in a crazy world at times and stuff happens? Whether we intentionally make decisions, like Mel said, there's some decisions that she would like to push rewind on and replace. But there are other things that happen in life that are out of our control. And 
I'm going to ask Marty to share a little bit of a story, and then we're going to sort of talk through that. So why don't you just give us a little insight to your life? Yeah, just in a snapshot. Um, so in 2009, um, I hit a um, uh, financial brick wall, and in the end had to apply for bankruptcy. So at that point in my life, I actually thought I hit rock bottom. Um, because I wasn't able to provide for my family. So I had a son who was one at the time, and my wife was due to give birth in July that year. Um, so, yeah, just to lose a bit of dignity in that regard was quite hard. Um, then July comes around, and my wife um, um, went into labour, and she suffered a reoccurrence during that process, um, and she passed away shortly after giving birth to our daughter. Um, and... Um, yeah, so in the space of a couple of minutes or minutes, um, I went from celebrating the birth of my daughter to grieving for my, for my wife. And so uh, my journey since then has pretty much gone from having no emotion at all just because of the shock of everything um, to having all these mixed emotions um, to healing and restoration in God to where I am today. And now you're just one big teddy bear. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad amazing. that uh, the lights are out during worship because... Yeah. <laughs> That's my moment for the tears to come out, so yeah. and then quickly wipe them away before the lights come back on again. Amazing, and obviously that is not a long time ago, uh, and I'm sure there's many moments, whether it be driving and having time to think, whether it be seeing something in your children, whether it now being in a place where you've gotten remarried and God is starting to restore and do amazing things in your life, where you've had to still make a decision. Uh, to trust in God and know that he is good. The question I'd like to ask based on that, because it may be that someone has lost some, a life partner or a, a close family member or friend or some form of tragedy has taken place. Uh, I mean, how, how do you do relationship in the midst of tragedy in the sense that you've lost someone that you'd committed your future to? How, how do you now, as you find yourself in that place where that's no longer going to be the reality, how did you or how do we do relationship well based on tragedy? I mean, it's definitely not an easy um, process because for me it was um, just trying to figure out what my life actually meant up until that point because everything just changed in a moment. Um, and then you're trying to figure out from that point onwards, you know, where do I go to from here? Um, you know, you become a solo dad with two kids, and so you're just trying to figure that out. And um, and so other relationships almost don't matter because you're just fully focused and immersed in what you're experiencing. Um, but I think two key areas for me um, to sort of get me through that journey was one was actually going back to what I knew was truth, and that was God's word. Um, even though I felt like maybe God was far away, um, I had to go back to his scripture. And even if it was just one verse, um, I just got that verse and meditated on that and relied on that. Um, so um, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 became a blueprint for my journey. Um, so that verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, and so for me, I think it was a part of me that didn't want to trust anymore because I didn't want my heart to be broken um, and to have to go through that process again. Um, and in that also just acknowledging my relationship with God first and foremost. Um, and then it says, lean not on your own understanding. Um, so instead of trying to figure out what had actually happened and trying to figure out, you know, what, where do I go to from here, was actually just to lean into God and his promises. Um, and then the last part of that verse says, um, acknowledge him in all your ways. So for me, it was just acknowledging God in my grief, acknowledging him in my circumstances. But I think most of all, just acknowledging him in my relationships. 
um, whether it's family or friends, but uh, mostly for my children because uh, being a solo dad, obviously it's, um, it's not the easiest thing. And so I had to ask God, like, teach me how to do this because, you know, I need you to compensate in the areas that I lack. Um, and then I think um, the other part for me was actually intentionally uh, making the point of commitment to connection with people. Um, I think um, it can be hard because there are times where you just don't want to actually be around people. Um, but I think uh, for me, I had to be intentional about actually I do need to hang out with people because that's going to be the healthiest thing for me. Um, and I think you know the enemy wants to isolate us from people um, so that you know we go to a place where he can actually isolate us in our hearts. Um, and then at that point, he knows it's you know, makes it even more hard for us to actually build relationships with people because we're isolated and we feel like we're backed in a corner. Wow, that's awesome. So you'd be really thankful for Summer now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Help her now. She's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Amazing. Mel, maybe uh, back to you. Obviously, you found yourself, as I said, in, in some scenarios or life settings where you weren't pumped about life or how the heck did I end up here or why... Why am I in this place? You're now, like I said, at a place where you know, God is continually working in and through your life. Maybe for everyone here or people that are sitting here and maybe something's gone on or taken place, whether through their own actions or decisions or because of someone else, where the past of what was is still dominating in their present, which is kind of holding them captive to what God has in their future. Maybe give us some insight into what kind of decisions or level of decisions you had to make in your own life, because I don't imagine it would have been that easy, even second time round, to go, okay, I've ended up here again, I, I don't want to be here. What, what does that look like, or what would be the decisions you make today, or that people can make today, that move past the past, so to speak, to step into the future? Yeah, for sure. It was it was tough at times, and um, you know sometimes it was just getting through moment by moment, and um, and just hoping or just sometimes not even having a hope necessarily, but just getting through each day. Um, and I guess the turning point for me was uh, when I accepted that actually when I tried to do it in my own strength and walk my own journey, everything, everything fell apart. And accepting that what I actually knew to be true and that is that God had a purpose and a plan for my life. And once I started to, um, I guess it's like transforming my mind, my thinking, renewing my mind, renewing the way that I think, renewing the way that I speak. And one thing I can definitely testify to is when I... You know, we sung before that, Jesus, I need you every moment. I need you. And I can testify when in my life, the moments when I felt like I haven't needed God are the moments that I've made really, you know, bad choices or bad decisions. But the moment that I acknowledged that, yes, I do need him in everything that I do, in every moment, even if it's driving in traffic, and trying not to suffer from road rage, you know? Like, even in those moments, when I choose that I need him, my reaction or my, uh, yeah, my reaction to the situation is always far better than when I, th when I decide that I don't need him and I do it in my own strength. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes that's a very conscious decision. 
to do that. And it started with reading God's word because that is actually what started to renew my thinking and started to transform the way that I saw myself. And as I began to see myself, and I'm, that's still a journey. I'm still learning to see myself as God sees me. And, you know, we can all testify that none of us are perfect and none of us have it together. But through God's grace, I've come a long way on my journey. And um, I know that I can face the future in all my relationships in every area of my life with that hope and that grace and that promise and that belief that God has a purpose and a plan for me. And that's something that I, you know, I hope that you you have that promise and that hope for yourself because if he has it for me, he absolutely has it for you as well. Awesome. That's amazing. Bron, uh, we kind of touched on the fact that long-term relationship isn't easy at times, whether it's marriage or family or friendship. Obviously, there's a good old saying that says you get to choose your friends but not your family. And, you know, when family's done well, done right, done the way God designed it to be done, it can be very fruitful. Um, So in terms of long-term relationship, we're talking future. Maybe could you share a couple of keys or things that you have discovered in helping people through journeying or you've had to live out yourself you and John, in regards to keys to keeping a relationship long-term? Yes, I think, actually, as you get older, the, the, um, your priorities change, and you don't define yourself by what the other person is doing, so therefore it doesn't matter quite so much. So you, don't, you find that all those little niggles go away. You also, I also found that... Um, I was able to concentrate more on God and what God wanted in my life, and it seemed that our lives were running along together, and God also confirmed that with visions and dreams. That, But for a long-term relationship, um, I think honesty and commitment, you've got, to, you've got to want to keep this relationship. You've got to want to do it, because if one of you says, oh, well, it doesn't really matter, and walks off, there's very little the committed person can really do to bring it back on track. So you've really got to be committed to it. Keep it going because it's really worth it in the end. I mean, you, 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 you have such a bond in the end that, you know, it surpasses anything you can think of, really. It's just not what you thought of marriage being. It's wonderful. <laughs> awesome. And any scripture or key scriptures that would come to mind and put you on the spot in regards to that? working at it and allowing God to be God, you mentioned, but, you know, and then not just allowing him to be God, but making the steps ourselves to con- to commit to what it looks like going forward? Mm. Well, the one that really stopped me in my tracks and kept me going in the right direction was um, Isaiah 41, 9 and 10, which says... Um, I, it's God speaking, and he says, I have chosen you. I brought you from the ends of the earth. And, of course, I'm from New Zealand, and John's from England, so God has my attention. I've taken you from the ends of the earth. I will not throw you away. I am with you. I will uphold you. I will hold you with my mighty right arm. I will strengthen you. I will this. I will that. And the promises of God, when they're like that over your life, are just so enabling. they just so... Um, you know, you're just able to do anything. You're able to stay through the rocky bits. You're able to manoeuvre around things that are in the way. Just, 
it just so helps you knowing that God's on your side. It's amazing. That is awesome. That's a powerful. Marty, for you, you know, you've got obviously an amazing testimony that's taken some pretty big decisions on your behalf. Maybe uh, share from what your personal relationship with God went through or looked like in the in that tough time. In, in the midst of the tragedy, uh, once again, I'm sure there was many tears, many boxes of tissues used, <laughs> many of m- ugly moments, as people put it. Um, but what is, the, what is the personal relationship? I mean, we all, as believers that are here today, would say we have a relationship with Jesus. And once again, we all believe for the best. But he's there not just in our mountaintops, but in our valley moments. What does the relationship with God on a personal level look like? through that um yeah there were some ugly cries in there as well (laughs) um but um yeah I think for me it was it was quite difficult because uh being a solo dad it um it consumed a lot of my thoughts because I began to worry about how I would parent um and what kind of an impact um the kids or what kind of an impact it'll be on the kids not having a mum around um, so yeah, like I said, that kind of consumed my thoughts to the point where I think I shut off emotionally to God in, in that respect. Um, and, and so as a result of that, it actually felt like you know God wasn't there. Um, but in effect, he was actually there the whole time. And when I look back on that journey, I know the only thing that remained constant in my life was God. Um, and so yeah, I think um, in God's like grace and faithfulness, he actually gave me a clear picture of what that moment looked like or what that journey looked like. And it was me literally standing in the ocean, ankle-deep water, and my kids were in the distance, you know, fully immersed in, in the ocean, just swimming and having fun and just enjoying the moment. Um, and I heard God clearly say to me, you know, not to worry about the kids. I've got them in my hands. Um, but you've actually forgot to look up. You know, you're looking down. You need to look up at me again, son. Um, so, yeah, from that moment on, I think something shifted in my spirit and something shifted emotionally. And, yeah, like you said earlier, um, I've just been a sock since. And <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I think um, through that journey, I think definitely um, it has actually opened up a big part of my emotional life to God, and I think he wants us to be vulnerable in that area. Um, and through that journey, I think I gained a lot of peace that, that actually surpasses all understanding because, again, you're not going to get everything that you go through um, whatever journey you might be going through this morning, um, you may not understand it, but but God does. Amazing, Mel. Maybe just to wrap things up on your side, there's a there's a scripture in one Corinthians, chapter fifteen, 30, verse thirty three, and it says, "Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals." And you touched on having good people in your life to get you to where you could see there's a better tomorrow or whatnot. Was that the case for you in regards to you say, hey, I made some decisions I wasn't, uh, I wouldn't make again, but I thought they were the best thing at the time. Was that down to a realisation like the scripture says that, you know, if we're not careful, we can be deceived by the people around us and probably in your sense, encouraging you to make decisions or finding people that gave you the pat on the back rather than finding people that maybe said, uh, you don't need the pet right now, you need the chandle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and in fact, to the point where pretty much most of the people in my life were wanting 
to give me the jandal. So at, that's at the point that I decided that, right, I need to turn my back on God. I need to turn my back on church and the people that actually had my best intentions and form a new circle of friends that would be much more understanding and compassionate and empathetic and encouraging me down the road. I actually had already predetermined in my head that I was going to go and, and which led to making, you know, destructive destructive friendships and when there was a a shift for me when I came to that point where I was at the end of myself and I knew that I needed to rely on God and because he like Marty if I look back over my life he has absolutely been the one constant and I love that God's grace is sufficient in all things whether it's not by choice that you've ended up in a situation or even if it is by choice God can have the grace for both of those circumstances, and I love that. And it, it costs friendships. It costs cutting people out of my life. Um, but God never does anything in vain, and he has added so much more than I could have ever hoped for, ever dreamt of. Um, yeah, yeah. Hope that That's awesome. Uh, Bron, for you, maybe summing things up, there's a scripture in Galatians. It's in chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged discouraged and doing good for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing uh you you sit here today still on the journey in God but I'm sure thankful for what he's done in your life like many people here today we're all on the journey in God maybe from a, a, a retrospective or hindsight point of view as to where you find yourself today and in terms of that scripture in regards to any type of relationship that if we don't give up in the right time as we do what God asks us to do and be who he's called us to be, we will reap something more than we had imagined. Is that the case for you? Yes, it is. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how much of the journey I need to share, but a lot of you will be aware that along the way, God didn't give us children, and that's quite a, a thing for a lot of people, and it's quite hard to reach peace about that. But the thing is that when God lifted the burden off us, which was the promise to have children, and then he lifted it off us, um, it was like a release. And he said at the same time, if you will give me back my promise, I will bless you more than you can ask or imagine. And I have to say that we wouldn't have led the life we have led if we'd had children because we've been living all over the world in extraordinary situations which wouldn't have been safe with children. And as a mother, your your sole responsibility is for those children. And so I wouldn't have been able to be part so much of the ministry team that I was part of. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I've seen the most amazing, incredible miracles in my life. I just... And, you know, watching other people, you know... <laughs> I could go on, but he just has so blessed me. So the thing is that you have to find your place in God, find your journey, as Mel said, know what God thinks of you and how he's going to just support you through absolutely everything you do. So good. So, so good. Muddy, just in closing for you, obviously... Mel touched on this, but in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, 
For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effective in your weakness. You touched on the fact that you had to get to a place where you felt like in one sense you'd lost it all or I can't do this anymore and you realized it was in that moment that you needed to look up. Um, you're today in a place where you're married again, you're helping you know, shape young people's futures, God's doing incredible things in and through your guys' lives. Does the looking up or the weakness, so to speak, uh, or the need to look up or the weakness go away, or is that something that actually we've got to resolve, that it's a daily decision to let God be his strongest at all times? Um, I can only speak for my own experience, but um, I think it's for me it's a work in progress. Um, I think um, in looking up, you know, I can honestly say hand on heart that that is my journey now, is that I'm always looking up. But, you know, there are moments where you can actually take you back you can take yourself back emotionally to where you've been through in the past. Um, so you do still have to be intentional about actually making a conscious decision every day. Actually, I'm going to stay in my lane. You know, Pastor Robert Madhu put it so easily and so simply a couple of weeks ago, stay in your lane and fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, it can't get any simpler than that. Um, I know that um, challenges do come, but yeah, like I said, I think if we keep it simple, we don't overcomplicate it, I think we're good. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.